Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. I'll tell you who else is here to serve you, our Team Clark Consumer Action Center, something we've offered for just short of 30 years, where you can get free one-on-one advice, guidance, and information. And we serve you 30 hours each week, and it's Eastern time zone, 10 in the morning Eastern to 4 in the afternoon Eastern time, Monday to Friday. You can see all the details, how to tune in to get the one-on-one free advice at clark.com slash CAC. So do you know anybody who's perfect? I don't. Nope. Other than you, Krista. Uh, Absolutely not. And uh, I make a lot of mistakes. And today is a day that we talk about things where you feel I've made mistakes, given bad advice, bad information, bad guidance in this podcast and it's our weekly clark stink segment and if you got something where you feel like clark didn't just say that did he really he missed the boat on that go to clark.com slash clark stinks and post and you're about to hear krista read a number of the many many thousands of clark stinks we get every day that's a total exaggeration <laughs> no i i actually love it i, I know love you do hearing from people where they feel that i can do a better job but later i want to talk about something that seems to be in right now in the investment community geared towards historically people with huge money now looking at people without a lot of money offering you what are known as alternative investments. I have a special warning for you coming up later. But without further ado, it's time for me to stink it up. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Okay, I'm going to start out with two on the same topic. I'll read them quickly. Putting the blame solely on Congress for teachers' lousy 403B plans is pretty stinky, Clark. You made no mention of the teachers' unions, which are supposed to be looking out for their members' best interests. Are you aware that the NEA hired one of your favorite children, Vanguard, to oversee its own 401k plan, resulting in investment fees at a fraction of what many NEA union members pay? If the teachers' unions did their jobs better, we wouldn't need the federal government to get involved. That's from Jeff. And this one, what stinks? Maybe it's the elephant in the room. You rant about teachers' pensions, but I think you seldom mention the real problem, teachers' unions. How much of the teachers' insurance payments goes right into the union piggy bank? Maybe you ignore it because you would have a tough time jogging with two broken legs. I have no fear of the NEA or any other teachers' union. I want to tell you that I have actually addressed the union problem before where the unions have been selling their own members down the river recommending absolutely 
hideous 403B retirement plans because the union gets massive kickbacks from the ripoff insurance companies that sell the horrible expense-laden and commission-laden 403B plans. In a lot of the country, though, it's not the teachers' unions. It is the local school board, school administration, and I don't know that they're getting kickbacks at that level, but I think they just don't know that they're doing a horrible job by their teachers. And I want to commend again the people at 403B Wise. If you are a school teacher or you work in any profession where you are uh, sentenced to the atrocious 403B form of retirement plan, I want you to know about 403B Wise. It's really important that you go check it out and they offer, it's 403bwise.org. They are dedicated to educating teachers, administrators, and others about how to get out of a rotten, terrible 403B plan if you can, and how to pick one the right way, what they call the green, yellow, red system, I think is what they call it. Please check it out. Lots about this one. Clark doesn't stink, but his math does. In Clark's Real Estate versus Stocks podcast, he said real estate averaged 5% per year, while stocks averaged 12% per year over the last 50 years. He then concluded that stocks had generated a long-term game of over twice as great as real estate. That is not how compound interest works. Over the 50 years, real estate would have gone up 11.5 times their original value, while stocks would have gone up 289 times their original value. The stock investment would have had a long-term game of 25 five times greater than real estate. That's a lot more than two times as great. And we did have, I mean, so many Clark's thinks about this using, showing you the actual math saying the Barron's article that you cited was, was um, incorrect. But wait, they were both ways though. Cause some of them were saying that I uh, undersold the value of stocks versus real estate. Others said that I failed to account for leverage and I want to deal, you want to read one of the leverage ones? I didn't put it in here. I just sent you some of them. Sorry. Okay. All right. So let me tell you the leverage story. So a lot of people who are big believers, and by the way, I do have investment real estate. I've always believed in investment real estate. It's just over time, over the long haul, that I believe, and the Barron's article laid out why you have better potential for better longer term returns in traditional stock investing than you do in real estate is a lot of people were saying I ignored leverage. And what that means is that most real estate investors borrow money to buy the property. And by their calculations, the returns on real estate, because most of it is borrowed money, but your return is on the actual cash you put in, by their formulas, the return on real estate way outruns what you could earn in stock investing. And the stock investor could say, wait, I could buy stock on margin and I could leverage too. Never recommend that, by the way. But the reality is both are long-term paths to wealth. It just is likely that a portfolio more heavily tilted towards investments versus rental properties will tend to create more wealth for you over the long haul. 
Okay. That's going to generate more Clark stinks. I think Clark is missing a great opportunity to help people decide which mattress to buy. I've heard him talk about this topic many times, and he always references consumer reports. I think a much better reference is a website called sleeplikethedead.com. The site is dedicated to beds. It provides advantages and disadvantages of the different types of mattresses. Then for each type of mattress, it compares many competitors' products. It's very thorough and provides more details than consumer reports. And that's from Don. Don, yes. um, I haven't talked about this website in a long, long time. And you're right. I should mention sleep like the dead in addition to consumer reports their their methodologies are different um a lot of what sleep like the dead does that i like though is they drill down in a very very uh specific form that the brand name of the mattress itself is not enough that is the type of mattress you're buying. So it could be one that is all foam, or it could be one that's foam and inner spring, or whatever, that you need to not just focus on the brand, but what type of sleeper you are. They do a really good job on this website addressing people of different sizes, and there's a big difference in what beds people are happier with if they tend to weigh more than the average. And so I like what they do with this website and it is an oversight on my part when i don't regularly mention it when i'm talking about mattresses sleep like the dead.com clark recently acted upset when a caller was lamenting that budget airline tickets make you pay money to sit with your little children while flying this last week i traveled on frontier allegiant and spirit and in each flight my entire family sat together we were a family wait a minute wait a minute one week i know you flew on all three deep (laughs) discounters I've never heard of anybody who's done that. They're a family of six, kids ages 10, 8, 4, and 2, and we got an entire row on each plane. While I do admit we are taking a risk that perhaps our family will get split up, it worked for our larger-than-normal family, so I imagine it will work for most others. I think the key is to try to check in as early as you can and secure your seat assignment before the rest of the crowd. That's from Ben. Well, Ben, first of all, anybody who can handle... Four elementary school age and preschool kids at once. <laughs> I am very impressed. And uh, you you obviously were able to fly with all these kids without any difficulty. And I think that's great. I just believe that we need some more humanity in the airline industry. And taking care of children is important. I think what Delta has done with their new booking system that holds back seats based on historical averages, they know that flights to Orlando are going to have a lot of families with young kids on them. So they hold back uh, areas of the plane so that families can sit together. I think that's great. And I wish other airlines would adopt that kind of thing. I can diagnose your halitosis from my dental practice in New Jersey. When you advise your listeners to never, ever give healthcare offices your social security number, do you realize that many insurance carriers still use individuals' SSNs for their dental insurance benefit ID numbers? Without it, my office may not be able to verify insurance benefits or bill insurances for services provided. In these cases, my office has to bill patients directly, which they hate. 
If your insurance ID number is the same as your social security number, unfortunately, your insurance carrier stinks and they should issue an alternative ID number to help protect you from identity theft. Please let your listeners know that there may be some cases that providing the number to a healthcare office is okay. Never say never and a friendly reminder to brush those teeth twice a day for two minutes and floss daily. And that's from Matthew. Matthew, I hope you support that I get my dental floss at Dollar Tree. It's gone from the low, low price of a dollar to a dollar and a quarter. But I do floss every single day religiously. And gosh, you're teaching me something because forever ago, Congress required that health insurers go to a generic medical record number. Medicare has been phasing in going to a generic medical record number so that it would not be your social security number and i'm blown away that i did not know that the requirement was also required of dental insurers never heard that before and if your dental insurance uses your social security number as your medical record number that is laying you wide open to identity theft issues and credit fraud issues, and that is just terrible. And in that case, you would need to give that number to your dentist so they can process your dental claim. I am shocked. A comment on the podcast about truck driving training programs. Many community college systems have truck driver training programs at a cost just a fraction of what the for-profit schools charge, and there's no contract to stay a minimum time, like with some of the company driver training programs. I live in North Carolina. There are several great community college programs, and they are the best value, and that's from Sharon. Sharon, thank you. I love that suggestion. That is a great idea. If you missed that conversation before, know that a lot of the trucking companies are hoodwinking people who want to become truck drivers in these hideous contracts that cost a fortune for that individual to get truck driver training, even though they tell them it's going to be free. Going to a state-supported community college or technical college to learn how to drive a big rig is a wonderful suggestion, one I should have made. You stink sometimes and you know it. You need to do. You need to come clean with us when you try to save a buck and then it ends up stinking up the whole financial house. Please share about once a month how your obsession with buying something cheap backfired on you. I have a funny feeling just a few of your failures could easily be a successful Adam Sandler movie. And that's from Brian. Okay, Brian, here's one. Five times. Count them. One, two, three, four, five times. I have had my car broken into... <laughs> When I have parked a long way away from where I'm going, so I could park where there was free parking, parked in an area that may not have been the safest, obviously, and five times, took me five. I mean, most people learn a lesson twice, right? Mm -hmm. It took me five tries, and now I actually am conscious of where I'm parking my car to get free parking. And if it doesn't feel like it's going to be a safe area, I go ahead and pay for parking. 
By consistently plugging Costco and Sam's, Clark has proven that he's not as frugal as he wants everyone to believe. If so, he'd be singing the praises of BJ's. I've shopped there for many years. In the past several years, I've also shopped at Costco for my father. The prices at BJ's are always the same or slightly lower than Costco for the exact same items. A major difference is the online experience. Costco bakes in the shipping cost into the online price while saying the item might be available in the warehouse at a lower price. But you don't know availability or price without going to the store. BJ's tells you if the item is available in your local warehouse along with the price. So BJ's wins hands down. And by the way, Costco has a frantic vibe that I do not enjoy. And that's from Amy. Amy, thank you. Uh, So why is it that I don't talk about BJ's wholesale as much as I should? Because they are a regional warehouse club operator. And most of the population in the United States doesn't have access to them. And so it's a failure on my part to remember that particularly people along the I-95 corridor from New England all the way to Florida have access to BJ's Wholesale Club, and I should be mentioning it more often. As for uh, Amy's suggestion about Costco, you are completely right. It is wrong that Costco says that throwaway phrase, prices may be lower in your warehouse, they should list the price. They should say, it's this much online, it's this much cheaper in the warehouse, that you would then know what is the difference in cost, and to just leave it fuzzy like that is not okay. And so I wish that Costco would make that change, and I don't know any justification for not listing both the in-club price and the online price on Costco.com. Okay, I'm going to read one more. This is a very long Clark Stinks. Clark's rant against employees who want compensation for being forced to work remotely was one of the most pungent I ever remember. As someone who is forced to work remotely unwillingly, I absolutely agree that folks like myself should be compensated. I want to work from work and home from home. If I don't get to sleep in my office, I shouldn't have to work from my bedroom either. While I can appreciate that Clark voluntarily chose to work from home, I didn't. I went back to the office as soon as I possibly could and even ended up getting a new job that came with the ability to work from work after I couldn't take any more working from home. Sincerely, working from work since June 2021 and loving it. P.S. If my employer had laid me off in March 2020 instead of forcing me to work from home, I would have made more on unemployment with the $600 a week bonus than I made working in public health remotely. My effective hourly rate was negative while I was using an ironing board for a desk. And that was from Scott. Scott, uh, you point out several things there, and one is particularly of note is that uh, we've talked about how we've ended up with this massive federal budget deficit from the moves of the federal government, particularly in 20 and then bleeding into 21, where they were sending out massive amounts of money is like this idea that, that's been bandied about this universal basic income that because of the massive unemployment of the country, that Congress ended up doing too much and giving some people an incentive not even to go to work. And that was a shame because all it did was pile onto the deficit. As for your situation where you had no choice, that is an interesting perspective and that you were able to change jobs and get back to one where you got to go to work. People have loved overwhelmingly the opposite feeling of yours that they've loved not having to commute all the time 
and having the freedom to either work from home or today do the hybrid where they can work in an office so many days a week, work at home. It's a wonderful privilege, and it reduces the massive commuting cost that people would normally have. But I certainly do appreciate your alternative perspective because you're really the first person we've heard from who missed being in the office all the time. Coming up next, private equity investments, they aren't just for the ultra-rich anymore. But should you bite if you're offered a piece of this pie? I'll tell you what I think. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's been a clear trend that we've noticed with the questions coming in for the podcast. I'm also seeing it in various news stories that people are getting pitched all different kinds of ways, alternate investments, either from uh, various small enterprises or from big, big Wall Street players that you may invest with. A lot of things that are involved with alternative investments and with private equity historically have been pitched to the ultra-wealthy, but lately it's become the thing to offer these things to general investors. And many times you'll be offered an opportunity, opportunity where you go into something where you pay very high fees And then of any money you make, 20% goes to the promoter and 80% goes to you. But on the other hand, if the investment loses money, you take 100% of the loss. And I don't know why people get excited about these things, but especially at a time like this where what you can earn on savings is very low and people are freaked out about what's happening with stock markets around the world, we become more susceptible to this pitch of alternate investments or private equity kind of things. But I want you to know that this is a high-risk area and one that generally I'm not that excited about rich people doing either. I mean, going into something where you voluntarily take on ultra-high management expenses and you share the gains with the promoter but you don't share the losses with the promoter, that seems really, really not a great plan to me. So I know that in my mind about investing, a lot of it is meat and potatoes. But I really believe that this is a case where meat and potatoes are best, where you want to own a variety of the stock market. You don't want to own one particular company or one particular type of industry. There's a lot of stuff in the financial press about how you need to run right now into the energy sector, but you need to run away from consumer cyclicals, and you need to go into this big big and strong right now and reduce your exposure to that, where my thing is really, really Dullsville. 
because if it's my personality, I'm a dull guy. I like for your money to be very well diversified and at very low cost. That's why you hear my obsession with index funds, where you own little pieces of thousands of companies across industries. And the whole goal, the way you make money over time, is you're putting money in. You're reducing your debts in your life. You're putting money in for your future, and you're adding to it all the time to build wealth. And you're keeping the costs low so that the money you're making is going to you, not somebody else. Krista? All right. What questions you got for me? Well, I have one from Malcolm in Oklahoma. He saw an ad on Facebook by a company that claims they use decentralized investments to earn 15% interest. How safe is it and what is it? So Malcolm, um, nobody can get a safe, no risk return on their money at 15% interest. So you were almost certainly involved in some form of private offering. Usually when somebody hears a pitch that's paying a way above market interest rate, almost always it will be for what are known as some form of promissory notes, where you give somebody your money in return for their promise that you will make X percent. It will not be FDIC insured, and it will not be something where your principal is protected. In fact, the offering circular, if there is one as there should be, will say you could lose some, most, or all of your money. And so anytime you're offered a way, way, way above market interest rate on something that is a savings type vehicle, know that there is no free lunch there. The risk is that you do, in fact, lose some, most, or all of your money. And this is from William in Florida. Recently, you advised not to invest money through products offered by banks. Does this include credit unions as well? Yes. So let me tell you what we're talking about here. Most money that is out there has moved from traditional financial institutions like banks and credit unions to investment houses. And you look at the size of Vanguard, BlackRock, Fidelity, Schwab, these organizations now are much, much more significant, much larger than traditional financial institutions. So traditional financial institutions, principally banks, but some credit unions, now as a defensive thing, offer an investment arm. But generally, the investment arms offered by banks and the few credit unions that do so tend to be offering very high fee accounts with very high commissions. So that's why I don't recommend that you do investing through particularly any of the banks that offer investment arms because their investment arms virtually always are non-fiduciary, meaning that they will sell you stuff that makes the bank more money at your expense. But almost without exception, there may not even be an exception, I'm trying to think. They do sell very high commission, very high cost products. And the same would be true of a credit union that offers an investment service. From Chris in Texas, is it a good idea to open an Amazon store card? 
So you mean the Amazon the Visa card? Money back, yeah. Yeah. So you got five percent cash back if you are an Amazon Prime member and you're doing a lot of shopping at Amazon. Yes, yeah, I would call it the equivalent of the Target Red Card. That if somebody is a regular Target shopper, having the Red Card is a great idea. Getting the five percent discount on what you buy. The same would be true for an Amazonian like Krista, who's got 44 Amazon packages delivered to her house every day. I assume you have the Amazon. No. You don't? Mm -mm. See, I would think that would be a great... We should. We should, yeah. I mean, because you... I don't know what percent of your discretionary spending is an Amazon, but I assume it's north of 75% in your household. No, no, no. All right, we'll go to another question. <laughs> David in Virginia says, we're finally cutting cable. Are the 5G networks good for home internet, streaming, and working from home? Do the 5G networks compare to something like Fios, our current provider for the above? Should I purchase my own modem and router rather than rent it? Yes, you definitely. Let's deal with the last part first. When you're with a cable company, phone company, whoever for internet, you want to own the router. Because what you pay them in rent is ridiculous. It's so much cheaper for you to own it if the technology you're using allows you to do so. Comcast did something through their Xfinity where in a lot of markets, you're not eligible for an unlimited data internet plan if you don't pay them the the ridiculous amount for their internet modem router. And in that case, if it's the only way you can get unlimited you would want to do it now to your core question t-mobile home internet i think just got its millionth home subscriber i think at this point uh 50 a month unlimited everything verizon's testing different points but price points but seems to be 50 to 70 for their uh wireless home internet at&t really hadn't gotten involved in this market there's one in uh, New York and California spreading to more and more communities that plans to be a national called Starry. And Starry is a home internet. Starry of the three is the one that offers the most consistently high speed connections if Starry is available in your market. But T Mobile and Verizon at this point are not going to be as fast. As, like you mentioned, getting Fios from Verizon. Fios from Verizon is going to be a much faster, more reliable internet connection at this point than getting the wireless home internet from Verizon Wireless instead of from the traditional Verizon, what's called landline group, which would be the Fios. That's confusing, isn't it? Um, the T Mobile is. Absolutely fine, and the Verizon wireless are fine for things like streaming, doing regular web surfing, you know, all your video content. If you're doing like gaming or anything like that, you're not going to be happy with either the Verizon wireless home internet or the T-Mobile home internet. So, depends on what you're using it for, how happy you'll be. The great thing with the new wireless direct-to-home internet services is it's giving new competition in the marketplace at lower prices with unlimited data. So it just depends. 
your primary use of that home internet connection determines would you be happy with one of the wireless connections. The exception, again, would be Starry, which people seem to be thrilled with absolutely who have access to it because it's a dedicated wireless versus the T-Mobile and Verizon wireless versions which share the internet with their cell phone customers. And so your performance with the quality of the internet connection will vary by time of day. And I want to thank you so much for being a part of Team Clark by joining us on today's podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast and you're not a subscriber, please subscribe, review us, most important, share us with your friends and with the family members you like.